0: welcome to center Maryland's the lobby pod this is a special edition because I get to uh the reason I'm here it's because <laughs> of the person we have as a guest today and you know she's not just a podcaster um she's not she's not just a, on the van car really created one of the first public affairs podcasts in Maryland in the DMV which is that people listen to over and over again. Uh, but she's a top 100 woman, according to the Daily Record. She is a very gifted communicator and organizer that has worked at the highest levels of the most quality governments you could ever imagine. Uh, and she's worked for one of the greatest voices, and how many superlatives can I use here? One of the greatest voices in all of American higher education, Freeman Rabowski. And now uh you have your own role, Candace Dotson Reed. Some of us think we're so close we can call her CDR. You have CDR, you have your own uh role now, Candace Dotson Reed. Can you tell me what that is there at the greatest uh I call it the flagship there at UNBC? <laughs> you call it whatever you want, but I call it the flagship.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. First of all, I appreciate you having me on. This is exciting. We've been friends for a while and I follow everything that you do. And so I'm excited to be here. You absolutely can call me CDR. And um, yeah, I do have a new role and and I appreciate the flagship reference. We'll we'll take that. Um, I am now the Vice President of Government Relations and Community Affairs at UMBC. Uh, under our new president, Dr. Valerie Shears Ashby, who is wonderful. And maybe I'll get to talk a little bit about her and, and sort of our vision or her vision. Um, she would say our collective vision uh, as to where UNBC is headed. But before that, you know, as you mentioned, I uh, had the honor of being chief of staff to Dr. Freeman and, um, And I think that was my sort of entree into higher ed um, and sort of understanding how higher ed works. It's funny when I first got there and I told Ken Ullman this recently, I was like, I didn't even know what a provost was. I'm like, what does the provost do? You know, why, why, why is he such, it was a he at the time, why, why does he hold such an important um, role at the university for many reasons? And, um, and my learning took place, you know, with one of the greatest and um, I am forever thankful for what I got from uh from Dr. Rabowski, and certainly grateful for the role that I have now under Dr. Shears Ashby's leadership.
0: And it's talk about uh the new president's uh, vision, where she comes from. You know, I, I I'm I'm in uh what I would call the Matt Gallagher circle of <laughs> friends. And uh, you know, he had just told me that. Your leader was the most sought after leader in all of higher education. Could have gone to any university or college in the nation and everybody, I don't know if they were stunned, but everybody uh, was amazed to see her select UMBC. So I'd, I'd love you to talk about what that means for Maryland. Because as we said with Freeman, we always, I always joke like you need to know two things in Maryland. You need to know that there's a Chesapeake Bay and you need to know Freeman (laughs) Rabowski. So I got to alter that now. So talk to me a little bit about what you guys, what you all are up to there.
1: Sure, for sure. And I know everybody uses the term rock star loosely, but, you know, she is a rock star. Um, She joined us from Duke, where she was the dean of the largest college uh, at Duke. And prior to that, she was at UNC. And so what I think is interesting first about her is that she has this perspective of, an interesting perspective of higher ed. She has the perspective of of, a, of being at an elite liberal um, institution, um, private institution in Duke. And then she has the uh, perspective of being at the large state flagship in North Carolina. And so she brings that perspective to a growing R1 institution in UMBC, which is exciting. And so the other piece that she brings in, and something that she and I talk about all the time, particularly as I, I look at the community affairs portion of my work is how do we get the outside the the circle? She's like, you know, there's no college town here. And she's like, granted, we're not going to be Duke. We're not going to be UNC, but we got to have some sort of college town for UNBC. And so in addition to the academic powerhouse that that we've certainly become, um, she talks a lot about what we do for community, what we do for students beyond the circle is, is what I continue to call it. And she's wonderful. I mean, look, she many people said, and the question she gets all the time is, how are you gonna, you had some big shoes to fill. How are you gonna fill those big shoes, blah, blah, blah. And I love her answer to this. Her answer has been consistently, Freeman and I wear different shoes. And like, there's (laughs) the fun there, right? Like she's like, yeah, she's like, Freeman and I wear different shoes. And she said, and so I'm gonna build on Freeman's legacy and take UMBC to the next level in different shoes. And I just love that. I'm like, you know, she's she's amazing in that way and that she's funny. And also really serious about where we're headed. I think we're getting ready to go through a strategic planning process. She's been there a year, um, did a lot of listening, which is great, both inside UMBC and outside. And um, and we're getting ready to go through a process that will help us in community kind of think about what our big pillars and focus areas will be. I can say, and I know this is a public podcast, I don't think she will you know, call me or swap me under the table one day, but you know, I think she's looking at, you know, certainly the, and grappling with the the kind of big things and challenges that we're looking at in Maryland, certainly environment and climate is a big one. Um, public health certainly is a big uh, issue. Education, um, you know, how we create more scientists to do the work that this country and this state needs. Um, you know, there's there's sometimes a a debate in higher ed about You know, well, which is the best and who's the best in Maryland and who has the best programs? And is this duplication? And I love what she says about this and how I feel about this is like, look, we need more scientists, we need more doctors, we need more lawyers, we need more social scientists, we need more artists in our state to really look at the big challenges that we're grappling with. So let's all produce more, right? Like, let's stop looking at it as competition and think about how we work together to help create the workforce for our state and for our country
0: yeah that's a difficult thing for people to contemplate is that coordination amongst all the universities to deliver for the student for the for the taxpayer it's a heck of a (laughs) it's a heck of a balance it is i met i met the father of your good friend terry learman on the maryland higher education commission when i was a student at the University of Baltimore. Can you talk about your very special relationship with, uh, with Comptroller Brooke Learman who looks to be about the most fascinating statewide candidate we uh, or, or official we've had in Maryland and sometimes and I talk to people all over the country and they're they're pointing her out to me. So talk to me about your relationship with her.
1: Sure. I definitely will. I, I, I'll say she, um, I'll just start by saying she's a good friend and a solid leader. Um, I have known Controller Learman since we went through the inaugural class of Emerge together uh, many years ago. Um, our class- Martha
0: McKenna's training ground for future women like, That's OM exactly leaders.
1: right. That's exactly right. I have great- respect. Whenever
0: I write a check, my partner's like, are we giving more money to Martha now? <laughs> I'm oh, this It's a good cause. Come on. Yeah,
1: I'll just say this in our first class, in that first class, uh, class, my colleagues were, uh, Senator Elfrith, Comptroller Learman, County Executive Fitzwater, board of ed member in, uh, Baltimore County, uh, blanking our last name, but, um, but we, you know, we had a strong class and it, works. and it works, the program works. And that was just the first class. I mean, just a strong class. And so I had the opportunity to connect with, with the Comptroller there, um, And we became fast friends and stayed in touch throughout the years and kind of supported each other from a career standpoint. I would go down to district 46 in Baltimore city when she had events down there. Um, And then she called me one day during the pandemic and said, "Um, I need you on my team. And I was like, what team what what are we doing here I mean I knew of course that
0: can go many ways right? can go
1: many ways I'm like <laughs> what are we doing here and you know I knew um and and so you know I don't have a ton of spare time but this was something that was really important to me I became her treasurer for her campaign and and certainly a, a part of her her team um as we looked at making sure that she was the the first and not the last certainly but the first woman statewide elected leader in Maryland and um. And she's, she's just a good friend. She's super solid. She's super serious. Sometimes I'm like, Brooke, do you sleep? Or what? Like, I don't understand how you are everywhere doing everything. Um, but she's she's a true public servant. And it's exciting to see what she's doing with the comptroller's office. Certainly served on the transition team for her um, with some other fantastic women leaders. And um, it's, it's exciting to see the energy that she's bringing to that office. And how she's thinking about how that office interacts with the public. I always think a good public servant has to have the best relationships with their constituents or it doesn't work at all. And so um, it's exciting to watch her lead in the way in which she's leading. And I'm really happy to continue to be her friend and on her team.
0: Yeah, I hope she stays unfiltered because, you know, when you're on the campaign and you're running statewide or, you know, you're... uh, she's a she's a mother she's a civil rights lawyer she's a, at the time she's a state delegate you know you just got to see uh an amazing picture of somebody that was representing her constituents like to the t so it's just like a, it like a clinic but yeah. it was done without a filter and i just yes. i i admire that and i hope she doesn't uh i hope she doesn't get too annapolis on us i don't I yeah don't think
1: no that. i think so it's so funny, I have to tell you just a really quick story because she's she's also a thoughtful human. So yeah. I was saying I just moved um, and it was hectic. <laughs> and um, and but also uh, showed me some really interesting things about myself. and I, I think we're gonna talk about the fact that I lived in downtown Columbia for 62 days, which was which was marvelous and enlightening. But um, the second gift that we got at this house and we've been here for uh, four weeks or three and a half weeks, was a gift from the comptroller <laughs> that said, "Congratulations on your new home. I hope it's everything that you want it to be." And it's a box, and it has all things Baltimore in it. It's so wonderful. There's oh, some, very
0: cool some Baltimore burger, box.
1: Some, yes, there's some burger cookies in there, some Old Bay, and it was it. I mean, just thoughtful, right? Like she's right. busy, and she took the time to send that to us um, as soon as we got here. And I really appreciate her for that too. And so I, I think she leads in that way too. And I hope she continues to be a thoughtful leader um, in our state because we certainly need that.
0: Before we get to Columbia, can you talk a little bit about how you got here? We talked about Freeman Rabowski and the great Ken Ken Allman in Howard County, Valerie Shears, Ashby, Brooke Learman. But, but uh, one of the things I I, I wonder, or I, when I say I wonder, I do. It's a wonder to me is. That, you know, you don't get pulled down into a particular political camp too easily. And, uh, you know, you grew up, I think, in Howard County. And I just love to hear how this graceful eminence kind of became (laughs) into being And and how I missed you the whole time out there. You
1: must be too old. <laughs> no, you're not too old at all. You know, it's kind of funny. I said the other day at work to somebody, I said, you know, I kind of like to just fly under the radar. And uh, and she said to me, this is actually one of our lawyers at work. She said, those days are over for you. You're not flying under the radar any- anymore. But I think I did that for a while. I mean, you know, I grew up in a family, you know, my parents are are wonderful and I'm very fortunate and blessed to still have them them with me. But you know, service and, and values were at the core of everything that we did and do as a family. And so when I think about how I want to serve and how I want to lead and how I want to show up, those are the two things that I carry with me all the time from my dad in particular um, is this idea of service. Like, who are you serving? Who are you helping? Um, for me, it turns out, you know, I'm doing it now in education, but I've done it also in, in government. And well, I still do it kind of in the in the, the political sphere as well. Sure. Um, for my brother, that was, he's a physician. And so um, the way in which he served and what he got from our childhood was, you know, and how he used his talents was to become a doctor. Um, and then the values piece, like I will not, um, it's so funny because people who really know me know that Candace doesn't do well with foolishness. And so
0: that's a good way to put it.
1: <laughs> and so it'll, it'll, it'll be, you know, I'll get calls sometimes and it'll be like, CDR is a little bit of foolishness, but we thought you might be interested and we just <laughs> want to hear your take. And I was like, I don't do well with foolishness. And it also has to be aligned with my values. And so, you know, I won't do things that that I don't think are um, value driven and I won't support people, whether they be elected or other. There's that, you know, don't share some portion of my values, right? Like, I I don't know everyone intimately well, but you can learn a lot about a leader when you spend time with them or you see what they put on social, <laughs> or you talk to them for a while, or you right. see how they stand up for particular policies or issues that you care about. And so that's kind of been my guiding the way in which I I lead and the way the the way in which I've been guided into the various things that I do. And so you'll see me like in a, a little bit of everything, you know, nowadays, but, um, but for the most part, not for the most part, always, it will be driven by this idea of being a servant leader and this idea of sticking true to my values
0: so do you think that's a that's a mom and dad thing that's a that's a good counsel thing what, uh, yeah
1: it's a little bit of both look i mean i think it's a i think from the early days it's a mom and dad thing right like it's a my dad marched with king like you know we heard those stories in the bedroom when we uh, were like you know five years old right like so we heard that he's been to sit-ins like that He was very active in the civil rights movement. And so we heard that stuff as like little kids. So definitely a mom and dad thing. Um, I think the, and an interesting thing, I just want to say this really quickly, because my parents will probably listen to this podcast. My mom um, sort of brought a different flavor to it. My mother's an educator. um, And so we had the benefit of having this like dad who was telling you about his, he's an accountant, but telling you about his work in the civil rights movement and what he did. And this mom, who's like a a wonderful educator, who gave us that educational foundation and told us that that's the way that we can change the world. Um, and so, very fortunate to have that. I think also they chose to move to Columbia, Maryland. I grew up in Columbia. I grew up in Thunderhill. They they purposefully chose to move there from Washington D.C. Um, and embraced the vision that Rouse had espoused for the community. Um, and they wanted their kids to grow up there. And so, my brother and I were very fortunate to to grow up in, um, in Columbia. And I think the, the other piece of this, and you touched on this a bit is sort of my faith. I, um, grew up very, uh, Catholic (laughs) and, uh, you know, that, that holds some, you know, some challenges for some folks, but I'm a progressive Catholic. And
0: did you feel that was a little weird? Like I always felt like in Howard County (laughs) or I grew up up over by Ilche, like I grew up behind Trinity school. Yeah. And I still felt like, you know, it's not really a big Catholic community. It's the resurrection, sort of Ellicott City crowd. Yeah. But once you got out of there, I felt like closer to Elkridge or certain Columbia's, like everybody's cool with everybody's right. religion. You know, <laughs> so that like Catholics yeah. are like, what are we doing that environment? <laughs> We're the big yeah. flag wavers. We yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. interesting.
1: Actually, actually went to Trinity. I don't know if you knew that, but I, I didn't to, know that. Okay. Yeah. I went to Trinity from uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. So I graduated from Trinity. Yeah, no, I mean I think and we went to the Interfaith Center. We grew up in the Interfaith Center. Right. And so to your point, it's like everybody's welcome. <laughs> it's all right. faiths here. I mean, we went to Catholic mass obviously, but it was all faiths here. And so it was it was a it was a um look, I mean in I, the, I, don't in know the I want to
0: knock down the, in the 80s. So like you're. I mean, you're getting some pretty. Don't you think you're getting a little hippie Catholic there? And uh, yeah, oh for and,
1: sure, and, oh for sure. But I'm trying
0: to explain that for our audience.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the case. But here's the thing that was that was great is that I my grandmother is old school Catholic, and so we never had that like. And we went to church in D.C. as well, and so my grandfather actually built a Catholic church in D.C. Like, paid for oh. a, a church to be built, um, uh, which is interestingly enough, the church is affiliated with um the priest who was my uh mentor priest when I went to Georgetown I mean like just the world wow. so wonderful. all the brands
0: are clicking together for yeah, me yeah
1: it just you know, all comes Trinity together to Georgetown
0: through, right right through.
1: like it just I feel goes. like
0: I was a Patapsico River basin <laughs> right but you, and you but you you touched up over there with Trinity but it seems to me like you did the kind of Washington Catholic, a little closer to the Washington Catholic thing. I did kind of the Baltimore Catholic thing, which is your, yep. which is the fault line out there in Howard County, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right, and I, and I think that's what makes Howard County interesting is that there's both there, right? Like you certainly have the Baltimore community Baltimore Catholic, I mean not just Catholic, right? They're the-
0: Orioles fans, but they're uh, Redskin fans too.
1: Correct. Like I'm like, I don't understand that because I'm neither. So I, you know, I don't get that. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely neither. Um and so you that's
0: know that's your problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I did read for the Orioles look when they were when they were uh in the tell um, everybody
0: your your brothers like the, the doctor for the yeah. Sixers or who for who?
1: Yeah, my brother's the f- team physician for the Eagles and the Sixers. And so wow. you know, we root for the Eagles. I'm I'm a true and true Ravens fan, but we certainly root for the Eagles.
0: So, let you know, you attempted me and I, again, you inspired me into podcasting. And, to- you know, you got to love Tom Cole because he gave you the full credit, public credit. <laughs> we starting the whole podcast I tried to tease him that was my he that, that he was my muse and he said no Candace you were my muse for Preakness you, you know you're gonna tell everybody the news about uh, what's going on in your life but I was I was hoping before your nuptials I get to, to sneak in one Preakness date because I don't think there's anybody in Maryland that wears a fascinator better than you and, and ain't no better day to wear that than Preakness
1: yes yes but our
0: spouses yeah. will have to give us a special pay uh, pass one they day
1: They give that. us a pass for that for sure <laughs> so give me
0: know. um columbia would you say 63 days in columbia you went back home and columbia. lived in the the new um the new city that jim rouse always envisioned there is, is coming to life it's now the second biggest city in maryland and the heartbeat of Columbia, Maryland is this area called Merriweather District that surrounds an open lawn and a bus boys and poets and all kinds of restaurants. You were right there. I was right there. I was Talk right to there. me about that experience. How, tell me what, tell me about it.
1: I will. Yeah. I, and, and I, I posted something on Facebook recently that said something like, and look, I don't put my whole life on Facebook, but I said something like, you know, the 62 days that I spent there was I might've said enlightening and, and wonderful and interesting and taught me a lot about myself actually, and about cities. And so what I, just to back up, we uh, sold a house really, really fast and then had nowhere to go (laughs) because we were trying, we were in the crazy market in in Howard County of buying a house. And there could be a whole podcast on that. Um, (laughs) But, but um, so for 62 days, uh, we lived in downtown Columbia in Marlow, uh, And it was wonderful. <laughs> like, I didn't expect it to be wonderful, right? You, you're moving from a house to a one bedroom, you, you have to adjust for this space. But what I learned is that I have a bunch of stuff I don't need, first of all. And so this idea of just holding on things to hold on to things and and what that taught about what you actually need, or what I actually need, versus what I have been carrying along with me for years and years and years, was enlightening. But the piece that was also fascinating is I've never lived in a city, right? I mean, I, I'm from Columbia, but Columbia is not incorporated. Blah blah blah. It's a I lived in the suburb area sure. of Columbia, but to live in this city where um, where it was walkable, where it was where there were moments where we could go hear live music on the green. Grab a drink and something to eat at a local restaurant and then walk back to the apartment while friends walked from their apartment to meet us. I mean, there was just something special about that. And, you know, look, somebody who listens to this podcast is gonna be like, oh, Candace is a commercial for Merriweather District because Mac and whatever and friendships and blah blah blah. No, it's not that. just so
0: people understand, uh, you're you are the, the chairperson of the board of the nonprofit entity that owns Meriwether. Yes. Uh, and then you're living literally make a left out of the apartment building and walk 300 yards and you're on the Merriweather Correct. campus.
1: Correct. And like and you know we did I certainly did concerts at Merriweather while we were down there, I could walk home, you know, and it's it's this idea of just arts and culture and people and connectivity and community that I felt so strongly down there. I mean, it just, you know, you can say that and you can believe that. And look, Columbia is my hometown. I want it to be a thriving city, incorporated city, unincorporated city, whatever it's gonna be, right? I want it to be that. I want downtown to be vibrant and wonderful. I want KID to come back at some point Um, and live there because that's what they're actually looking for, right? Like she tells me all the time, I want to walk to the grocery store. I want to walk to the get my laundry. I want to go have a drink and and meet friends. And then I want to walk back home. I had that and it just, you know, kind of helped me and will continue to help me talk about the importance of the Meriwether district as somebody who chairs the MAC board, as somebody who really cares about our community. I just, that experience just was, was wonderful in that way. And the way that arts and culture, like I said, and community and connectivity and, and people come together in that space is special. It just is. I, I was having dinner one night. Um, it was actually the evening that Rare Essence was gonna play.
0: Man, and that the, I think that's the biggest night in Maryland. Like biggest you night want day, see day. like day. what Maryland can be. Yeah. Go to that show at I mean, that location.
1: And look, let's talk about like the crowd. First of all, it was huge, but like the diversity in the crowd. It was such a Columbia crowd. I saw friends from high school. I saw You know what I was gonna say?
0: I was, I was gonna say, there's a lot of money in that crowd.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
0: That, like, cool. I don't know how to say that in a It was a lot of money. It looked like all of the money in the DMV came right there. It
1: was like crazy, and people were eating in the restaurants and going to get ice cream at the Charmery and seeing each other. But this woman who I ran into, who I mean, I'll talk to you know, I talked about everybody, particularly when I'm trying to see like where people came from and why they're there. And I ran into a woman who said, you know, I didn't even know this was happening tonight. I came to check out Peter Chang's, but I'm here. And she said, said, Peter Chang and rare (laughs) essence. Right. She said, how awesome is this? She's like, can you tell me about this? And I was like, of course I can, because I'm the chair of Mac. And it was just like a lovely moment to hear this woman talk about the reason why she would come back to that space and what she felt. She's like, I mean, I love her essence, but it's not just that. She said, um, she said, the fact that you all do free public programming down here, I can get a bite to eat. I can park my car and see people and eat good food and hear music. She's like, that's kind of special. I'm like, it is, it's it's pretty special. And so that experience um, was wonderful and uh, I wouldn't change it. I was a little leery about it, but um, I'm so glad I got so much from it.
0: You saw the whole thing coming together. You were a big part of it as a deputy chief of staff to uh, to County Executive Allman. And I'm sure with Jessica Feldmark there and Ian yeah. Kennedy in your administration, there was a lot of sharing. Yeah. But did you did you ever think when you were in those meetings talking about how you know we're going to get the votes for it did you ever think about did you ever imagine yourself living in those renderings i guess i'm asking <laughs> <laughs> no
1: no of course not no i didn't i didn't <laughs> either no i mean i'm like okay this looks cool and it's nice and like oh this is exciting but like but no, I was like, I, yeah, I was like,
0: I don't have to go to the mall anymore. But I'll never, right. you know, I never envisioned that I would be living there or wanting to live there.
1: Correct. But I want to live there. Yeah. I mean, yes. And and after living there, I'm like, I would, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So the answer is no. I mean, I, the, the way I saw it was like, oh, I hope kids, you know, will come back. And, you know, you always want your right. kids. Hopefully they come back and find some value here. And, you know, let's do this thing for the next generation. And then I was in it and I was like, "Oh, I'm so glad that this happened.
0: You're still young and hip." I'm right? still young
1: and hip. I'm still young. Look, I was walking to the concerts. I was bopping down the road too. So, it was uh it was an amazing experience and I'm I'm so grateful that we Look, I know it's controversial. I know there's a lot of conversation about how and what gets done in downtown Columbia, but you know, I encourage people just go experience it. Maybe if you don't even live there, Go just experience it. Go grab some dinner at one of the places. There's a new place open. I haven't been there yet. I can't wait. Um, Go there, go to a show, whether it be at Merriweather or at Colorburst Park. Go sit in Busboys and Poets and get the vibe in there. I mean, talk about different diverse folks coming together for interesting reasons, whether it be a book talk or just to grab food there. I mean, like, come on. Like, it's so... Um, it's so uh, it's so special and so wonderful. And it's hard to, it's hard. Look, there's critics everywhere and you can be critical of everything. Like nothing is perfect. But if you experience that, um, whether you live there or you just go down there to play, I think you have a different perspective.
0: Yeah, think about the help that you and others were able to do. Just like all those new residents. You know, we talk about Jim Rouse and Columbia because, you know, I got my first job there or something. Yeah. But like- <laughs> you know people are just living their lives they don't know the whole legacy and story and you know I think I think people like you people like Jessica the council member Deb Young all these people can new residents to Howard County is a tremendous opportunity to sort of educate them and and uh, I just want to tell them like who to talk to who to meet so they can all the all the legends of uh, of downtown Columbia Look, I promised you at, at 30 minutes because I know you uh, you've got important work uh, on behalf of the uh, state of Maryland's flagship uh, university there, UMBC. And <laughs> uh, I'm just sticking it into Ross and the gang now. I love
1: it. No, it's funny. I'm, a, I'm absolutely gonna tell Valerie. <laughs> reason, I was <laughs> on the I'll give it a
0: listen, and then maybe <laughs> yeah. we get her on. Yeah. What did I? Uh, what did we? What did we leave out that you think we need to? To put in here at the back end of the bumper here of this show anything first of all people should know where they can find you sure uh, wh- where can p- folks find you
1: yeah i mean email is always great c.read at gmail.com i'm on facebook i'm on twitter facebook is my full name twitter is at just candace one um and yeah i would love to continue conversations about things like that I mean you know sort of we covered a lot of different things which I love because that's kind of how my life is <laughs> I um and I'd I love to I guess the only other thing I would add is like I love conversation you know I've, I've been often I've been known to Yeah, know, we didn't
0: talk about the pod you started something called yeah. Elevate Maryland which really did live up to its name and got a whole conversation going around the state of Maryland but from the vantage point of of Howard County. It was yeah. it was a really special endeavor.
1: Thank you. I actually miss it a bit. Um, you know, we did it for five years and um, you know, and careers happen and life happens and kids happen and you know, you know, changes happen. And and I was I was looking at a picture that uh, Malia Cromer put on Twitter yesterday. I thought- saw <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I had like a moment where I was like, wow, first of all, my kid said Oh my gosh, she looks so much younger in that picture. I was like, "Thank you,
0: thank you, that. darling." I
1: appreciate that. That was not that. It was like five years ago. It's not that long ago. Anyway, but she's you know, a big
0: star, by the way, right?
1: She's she's doing her thing. Yeah, she's doing her thing. I'm really proud of her. She is definitely doing her thing. She's she's headed to uh, she's traveling this weekend, which um, it's it's nice to see your kids grow up and do things that they love to do. So I'm I'm really proud of her. But yeah, I mean, the podcast was great. I definitely miss it. But but what it did, and what I continue to try to do in different ways now, is sort of spark conversation or create spaces for dialogue about important issues and about important things. And, you know, I would say to people, we don't necessarily have to agree on everything that would be boring and weird. And so how do you bring your different perspectives to the conversations to inform, um, to inform the dialogue? Like, like there needs to be much more of that. That's something special I got in working in an academic setting. We, we will create spaces for students, faculty and staff to talk about the most challenging things that we're grappling with, whether it be on the political spectrum or the environment or crime or in safety or education. How do we create this, or science? <laughs> how do we create the space to give folks the ability to have those conversations? And I'm always open for that. So please, anybody who wants to talk about anything, I would love to connect and and do that. I think that's the only way that we make Maryland better.
0: Is the we In the old days, uh, you know I'm much older than you, Candace. We would have called you a thought leader. And then convener would have been the more modern phrase they use in public affairs, a convener. Yeah. I think those are all selling you very short because there's just few people. I'm looking at you right in the green dot here on the uh, but the. The, the value that you bring by being able to pull people together and to get their attention in a civil manner and have people work through problems like, you know, there's only a few people in the state, in the public affairs, political governance, higher education world that have that power and you're one of them and you're using it beautifully and we all want to thank you.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. You're always very supportive and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I re- I really appreciate it.
0: She's Candace Dotson Reed. She's everything we want to be in the great state <laughs> of Maryland. Thank you for all your service.
1: Thank you. And thank you for all that you do. Really appreciate it.